Hello, this is Bill Lytell with a little wisdom for your walk. I want to talk about the foundational principle uh, behind the pre-trib rapture uh, interpretation of Scripture. There are three major interpretations on when Jesus or and how Jesus is going to come back for his church. The pre-trib rapture is the one that says he's coming back at actually before the tribulation period slightly and take out the church so it can be, he can begin his wrath upon the world for seven years. Uh, the mid-trib believes that halfway through it, he'll begin his wrath and take the church out. The post-tribulational folks say that basically the church goes through the tribulation period and just at the very end, some just before the second coming, that he takes the church out. I've studied these for years and looked at them over 50 years. I've written papers on them, taken graduate courses in this area. Prophecy has been one of my favorite subjects, so it's been a love of mine. I've read many, of, really most all of the good books on it, solid books on it, Pentecost, Ryrie, uh, Heber, uh, Walvoord, or the names that you look for in real solid people in this area. And so I want to talk, share with you the major principle, underlying principle, really, of why the church, I believe, cannot go through the tribulation period, the church. In, in uh, Revelation chapter 6, verse 17, and, and you can look at the context later, it says, For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? Uh, the time of uh, what we call the 70th week of Daniel, Daniel had prophesied God had given him about 490 years of world history, in weeks of years, every week was seven years. There was 70 weeks, 490 years total. Every week was fulfilled after the cutting off even of Messiah, except that last week. All of those weeks dealt with Israel, all of them, all 70 of them. There's no reason to believe that the one that has not fulfilled would not continue to deal with Israel. If you read Jeremiah chapter 31 to 33, you'll be convinced that God is never, ever going to forsake Israel. And he's going to fulfill every last little jot and tittle of promise to them as he does everything else. He's a God of detail in every area. There's 30% of the Bible approximately is prophecy. 50% of that prophecy has been fulfilled literally, exactly. There's no reason to believe the other 50% that's left to be fulfilled. It will not, will not or has not, I say has not, but will not be fulfilled exactly in detail. So, I, uh, we, we, go to the, we go to the book and we, we look at the foundational principles of things and we say, okay, let's look at the whole book, not just one verse or two verses or three verses, but we look at the whole book. The principle is God does not put his children, especially the church, under his wrath. The reason they cannot put or would not put the church under his wrath is because the wrath of God uh, on the church has been taken on the Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross, God's wrath for all of sin ever committed went upon him, and he took our wrath. If we would be under his wrath again, uh, it would be double jeopardy. And I'm not talking about Christian discipline, because discipline is not wrath. Discipline has a reason to reform, but wrath does not have any reason of reforming in it. It is punitive wrath. It is wrath for wrath's sake. It is anger upon the wickedness and hardened wickedness of man against God, of course, also the devil and his angels and everyone that rebels against God. So we see the tribulation period in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24, 27. You can look it up later. 
is a time of God's wrath upon the whole world. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse, uh, I believe it is there, verse, uh, let me see if I can find that for you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10, it says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. Now some would say, well, that's the wrath of hell, preacher. Yes, it is. Absolutely. God delivered us from the wrath of hell. But he delivered us from all wrath. There's no mention of hell there. It just says delivered us from the wrath to come. All of his wrath. Because all of his wrath went upon the Lord Jesus Christ at Calvary. Not part of it, not little of it. All of his wrath on evil and sin is and, and went upon it. So when we accept him by faith, all of our sin goes up under Jesus, and he took our wrath for us. Not just the wrath of hell, but God's wrath himself. And so if the tribulation period, the logic is simple. If the tribulation period is a time of God's wrath, the church cannot be under that wrath because it would be double jeopardy. We also see in the fifth chapter uh, in this same book here, in about the ninth verse, for God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I think that's enough said there to establish the principle for you. You can look up the other verses and compare them and do all this other thing you like. But in a short little dealing with this, I mean, I'm just trying to give you the, the overview of, of this principle of wrath. So God's wrath does not come upon the church, especially the church, which is a bride of Christ, his precious bride that he paid for on Calvary, uh, he is going to spare them the wrath that he's placing upon the whole world as he takes his last week, last seven years of dealing with the children of Israel. By the way, at the crucifixion of Christ, they were the ones who said, let his blood be upon us and our children. And God's keeping their word, and they have been under such horror through those almost 19 and 20 centuries so far of persecution. And it will be heightened by this final seven years when, when I, if I may say it this way, all hell is released upon them uh, through the beast and the false prophet and, and the dragon. And so when you, some examples of this. I, uh, book, the book of Genesis talks about Sodom and Gomorrah. God delivered even Lot and, and his wife and, and two children from his wrath, which was going to come upon the wicked people of Sodom. Literally, the angels had to drag those people out, but they they went out of Sodom. Noah went into the ark. Uh, voluntarily, yes, but God opened it. He built it. God allowed them to go in, but it was God that shut him in. And brother, we're, if, we're shut in, if we're shut away from the wrath of God, it's because of God doing it for us. And the Lord Jesus Christ has shut us up in himself. We are in Christ Jesus. So if wrath came upon us, it comes upon Christ, and that could not happen it already happened at Calvary. So the wrath principle is a strong, strong argumentation why God will not deal uh, and why the church cannot be in the tribulation period because it's called the time of God's wrath. 21 major judgments from the seal judgments, the trumpet judgments, and the vile judgments. They're worldwide. They eliminate something like a half or two-thirds of the population of planet Earth. Uh, they torment the other people remaining, um, and God puts his wrath upon them finally. In fact, Jesus said those days have been shortened, no flesh should be saved. 
Uh, God, evidently, God did shorten those days, or every human being in the entire planet would be lost. And so that's how severe this is going to be. It never has been before, never will be after. It is the wrath of God. So those people who say, oh, well, the church is going to be in the first three and a half years or they're going to be in, in the whole tribulation period, uh, just do not understand God's principle of wrath. And they actually do not believe these scriptures that I mentioned to you and do not take them literally. But if you take the Bible literally, you take him for his word. God is a God of detail. He keeps his word. This is some wisdom for your walk. May God help you.